ये हो जाएगा Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And I'm going to play this call really quickly just because it's a good opening. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. I feel like you're getting a lot of calls about this, but I need some more information about the Charlie Puth subway commercial. This is my favorite genre of reporting you guys do, unearthing how these com- commercials come together. So if you could please let me know. I'd be so thankful. Oh my god, I forgot to say my name. Um, I'm Elisa. Long time, long time. Love you guys. Um, get ready to do your best. Wait, there's a Charlie Puth subway commercial? There are multiple. Uh, what? <laughs> which I did not know <laughs> until this caller was correct. We did get a lot of calls about this. Um, not a lot, maybe like three. That's a lot. I did not know they existed until this person called, and then I found them. They were quite easy to find. Let's let's play a couple of them. Here's one. Tristan tweeted, anyone else remember when any footlong was $5? Those were the good days. Hit it, Charlie. Tristan, this one's for you. Oh, you're five, five, five dollars, 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 five I feel like I have to say this truly is not Subway Spawn. <laughs> I have to just say that. Well, I just want to say two things. Maybe I only have one thing to say. One, when did the $5 footlong leave Subway? Let's be like, I'm sorry, it left? It started in 2008 and it was every footlong sandwich was $5. As the Wikipedia says, five, it was straight up during the recession. Then $5 the price increased five, six years later in 2014. Then they were $6 footlongs. Then they were $7 footlongs. Then in 2018, again, I'm literally just reading from the Wikipedia. In 2018, which I remember, they were like, the $5 foot long is back, honey, but it was only like certain ones. So <laughs> they would rotate. So like certain. So they really were only getting rotate. rid of the $5 foot long to bring back the $5 foot long. I get it. Like it's only news if they can bring it back. They're saving mm-hmm. it. They need it to come back. They need, It's like the McRib. Well, the main reason they're coming back, before you play the second commercial, the main reason I found in the New York Post and they have a new CEO or something of, uh, he's the CEO of Subway. He's been the CEO of Subway not long, since the very, very end of last year. And Subway is not doing well. And this guy used to work at Burger King. And he was like, we've lost so much business. We need to get a spike in business. And they brought this. That's why they brought this back. Specifically because they're not doing well right now. So Charlie Puth was the answer to Subway not doing well right now? Or $5 footlong was the... Mm-hmm. But the problem is, which is the craziest thing, listen to this. Uh-huh. Starting on Tuesday, America's largest restaurant chain will begin promoting a version of the sandwich special that put it on the map in 2008 when it started selling 12-inch subs for just $5 each, blah, blah, blah. But here's the sticking point. Franchises aren't required to go along with the promotion, and 75% of those polled say they don't want anything to do with it, according to the North American Association of Subway Franchisees, a group that represents Subway store up. operators. That's so fucked up. So you may just go to a Subway, and if it's a franchise store, there's no five dollars. Whether or not you're going to get a, a Charlie Puth endorsed Subway five five dollar foot long. They really we don't have that here. One. Yeah. Anyway, play the second commercial because you have to see what it looks like as Charlie is literally playing the piano inside his home because they filmed this during the pandemic. No. Oh, you're right. It's June 16th. Mm -hmm. They definitely did film this during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm playing it. Mm -hmm. Matthew tweeted, bring it back, sandwich emoji. Hit it, Charlie. Matthew says to bring it back. The $5 foot long. Better choice for Matthew. It's back, sandwich emoji. 
$5 footlongs are back when you buy two for a limited time. So it, this ad, he sings the classic $5 footlong jingle. And I have to say, he puts his Charlie Puth spin on it. And I like it. <laughs> I like it. See, the thing about Charlie Puth is he's a one-man band. You know the, you know the one-man band? Like, yeah, I am one. <laughs> That's me. That's my inspiration. But like the... The iconic like photo, it's like a guy with a big drum and like he also, everything is oh, attached to his body. It. He's got like the triangle hanging from a hat and he's got like, you know, like he's, you know, you're playing everything. Mary what am Poppins. I thinking? Mary, Mary Pop- Poppins. Okay, okay, I'm thinking of the Mary Poppins. <laughs> that you're is thinking. you, but also that is Charlie Puth. Like he could mix, record, master, do everything. Honestly, that's why Bibi Rexa was also like such a good person for this because she also is kind of a one man band. Song yeah. writes, sings. I don't know about her producing skills, uh, but she is music. She's music personified. Yeah. Here's to 2020. I'm very soothed by hearing him sing the original jingle. I think we decided he's sort of a who that he's like a kind of a who. He's like kind of a who. I mean, he has so many number one hits. Like he has quite a few hits. He's such a hooey guy, though. I want to read this. I know we started the last episode with the Julianne Huff quote as well, but... I don't want to. I don't want you to. I'm in shock by this. So it says, exclusive, Us Weekly, two hours ago. So they published this at, what, like 7.30 a.m., 7 a.m. on on Thursday. Julianne Huff is super upset amid her divorce from Brooklyn. I didn't read the whole thing, but I got here and I was like, you're gonna oh, make, boy. You're going to read this to me no, and no, you didn't no, no, even no, no, read no. the whole thing? I'm going to read you this one line because I couldn't believe it. The lead. Still hurting. Julian Huff is having a hard time coping amid her recent divorce from Bukhlech, a source exclusively reveals in the latest issue of Us Weekly. Here's the source's quote. Julianne's not doing great right now and feels like her brunette hair is a reflection of her feelings. No. She is super this upset. Woman. This woman She is... went brunette because she's sad. This <laughs> She's also a one-man band, but her her music is um, press. <laughs> her music is press and energy escaping from her body. <laughs> she, she can craft press uh, like no one's business. I mean, just give this woman a microphone or a uh, reporter and she can craft the press for you. No problem. You are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Uh, we got a lot of comments this week, so let's just get right into it, I think, right? Um, uh, I can't wait to hear the comments. Yeah, I love the comments. I literally just had to pause the podcast because there was discussion of the fact that Cord Overstreet's sister Harmony had a baby, and nobody made comment about the fact that their parents are fucking clearly deranged because they named their children Cord, spelled like a chord, like in music, and Harmony. Oh, it, I, I just can't believe we gloss right over that. It's insane and hilarious. It, what is occurring? Chord and harmony. Yikes. Bye. To be fair, we didn't gloss over it when we talked about Chord the first time, like our first like Chord Overstreet deep dive, when we found about his, we found out that he had a lineage that goes back to witches, which is why we call him a witch. It's okay. I mean, this is just this is old stuff. I mean, if you want to go back, who knows what year we even did this? It could be like five <laughs> years ago at this point. Um, we did talk about the fact that he is from a crazy family. He's <laughs> from a crazy Nash, family. Nash, Sky, Summer, Charity, and Harmony. To be fair, only two of the six. That's are disappointing. There are definitely other music terms they could have used too to keep up with the, you know, 
the Jugger family-esque, you know, musicification of their names. I can't I can't name names because it'll be too rude. But like, did you have people listening? in your family like um, who had the name gimmick where it was like they're going to name all their like cousins where all the cousins no, had names that started but... with like J or B or whatever. And then they end up having a lot of kids, like maybe more than they expected. And they start running out of J names. Okay, you're making it too specific. To oh, really? They ran out of names. And then they were like, too, like weird what names. What was the letter? It was like, I can't, I can't reveal the letter, but I... You already, I there's only a few, uh, th- you can't... Sometimes you just run out of What's letters. What's the and letter? And you notice the youngest What's kids have the, the weirdest letter? names. J. Oh, it's J. It's always fucking J. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I had to pause the episode because while you guys were talking about Ben Affleck owning a plantation, I think I had like a, like a, like a weird memory that, wasn't he on like that celebrity show where they traced their ancestors and like... They found out he had slave-owning ancestors, and then they tried to bury it, but then it came out, and then he apologized. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up, but maybe you guys could look it up instead. Um, women do belong in balloons. Um, crunch, crunch. Bye. This was before we covered Ben Affleck because he's a them. So, but now that we've this is uh, 2015. But oh, this is before our podcast. <laughs> yeah. But also before we covered Ben Affleck. Yeah, I remember that because there was a really big run on those shows. First of all, they're very good. The Finding Your Roots shows. There's a few of them. Mm -hmm. They're quite good. And I remember... This was the PBS one, yeah. This was the, the original point, one, yeah. Right, and the point wasn't to sweep things under the rug. Like, you were supposed to own... I mean, a lot of the stories were really sad or, like, inspiring, but you're, you're supposed to own your shit. Like, if your ancestors did something terrible, like, come face-to-face -face with it. Like, face that reality. You're taking that chance and going on the show, you know? <laughs> right mm -hmm. i kind of forgot all the little the details of this story so i found the story from 2015 and yeah the, as the caller said he tried to hide it and then he apologized for wanting to hide it and he was embarrassed by the whole thing he Did apologized on facebook it didn't air so <laughs> but what i didn't realize is that it was related to the sony hacks how it says the leaked Sony emails first published by WikiLeaks show a back and forth between Gates and Sony chairman Michael Linton over no. whether or not a certain megastar's history should be excluded from the show. Gates wrote, to do this would be a violation of PBS rules, actually, even for Batman. Once we open the door to censorship, we lose control of the brand. Linton told Gates to get rid of it. <gasps> I would take it out if no one knows. But if it gets out that you're editing the material based on this kind of sensitivity, Duh. then it gets tricky. Again, all things being equal, I would definitely take it out. <gasps> the story of Affleck's slavery roots never aired on PBS. But it only came out because of the leaks. Because of the leaks. He <gasps> wrote a really, really long apology on facebook i guess maybe they ultimately released the clip but um he did have to apologize it was a big whole apology tour after this <gasps> but ben affleck didn't really have to do shit just the you host know, like calling pbs from his plantation excuse me right. hi. <laughs> I have a have request <gasps> it's for sale <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm so... trying to get rid of it <laughs> i'm trying to get i promise i'm trying to get rid of it it's for sale um <laughs> The what? the fact that that came from the Sony leaks is like actually mind boggling to me because the Sony yeah. leaks, there was so much that came from. There were so many things that spilled well, out of that, that you know, not why are just you punishing what we remember. Me as, why are you punishing me? Sort of just clouds sent from my Sony Xperia. Yeah, sent from my Sony Xperia. I'll never forget. Amy Pascal saying, "Why are you punishing me?" is my favorite email of all time. Right, but but there was so much. There's so it's many number two after things. time for some traffic problems in Fort Lee. Just kidding. I don't like that email. That's a dumb email. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> but I do love Why Are You Punishing Me? How many of Amy Pascal's emails can you recite from memory? Only that? No, I'm telling you, that's the only email I actually remember. That's the only email that, like, squeezed its way into my brain for good. Why are you punishing me? <laughs> Why are you punishing me sent my Sony Xperia? And it's also because it's forwarded <laughs> via Outlook. The emails have right, that, so it's like, purple. weird color. It's, it's like, purple. It's like green and purple. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very, it's very funny. It's okay. so funny. <laughs> well... Ben Affleck needs to get rid. Like, I know it's for sale, but that doesn't mean you can go like hang out there still. Like, get rid of this. Like, sell this thing. Just do not. Oh my god! Ugh. Don't remind people you bought a plantation. Jesus Christ! Well, I mean, he's probably like Anna. Don't take photos. Don't take photos of the facade. Of the verdant, of the, of the verdant grounds. waters. You can take photos of the verdant of the verdant grounds, but please not. Of please the don't take no pictures of the Dunkin' Donut that. logo um, um, in the antebellum facade. What a fucking idiot! Okay, we gotta move on. <laughs> okay. Speaking of antebellum, play the call. Um. Yeah. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, I just was I had to stop the episode because I, in your while you were talking about Lady Antebellum, you said you I heard y'all say like you know like who says the word antebellum like just say plantation. The thing is, in the South, white people love the word antebellum because it sounds so historical and beautiful. It's actually the most sanitized way to talk about the old South. So I can completely understand somebody saying, ah, antebellum, look at that beautiful antebellum house. Ah, antebellum, like as if um, horrific things didn't happen there. Um, anyway, you don't have to play this one. It's not that important. I just wanted to give you some info. Um, good form, Bella Thorne. That's a good I, call. It's a good correction because, like, the caller is saying, yeah, they probably did say exactly yeah. that. <laughs> because that's a word that was was deemed, quote unquote, OK that's to use okay to describe whatever we're describing. Ben Ben Affleck's Georgia plantation. That's mm-hmm. the word that it's OK to use to describe it. Right. But ultimately, whether you're whether the word is something to be used or not, it's it's a sanitized word and it actually doesn't mean like this is okay. It still means this is shit. (laughs) And we did get another call saying like, no, like antebellum style architecture is like the official term for that style of architecture, Uh which I will accept. But also this caller's call adds a little more context to it as well. But the problem is the word leaks out into like an aesthetic and that's when Mm -hmm. it becomes a problem, whether or not it's just like you're looking at a house that's built in a specific style. Also maybe Mm -hmm. houses shouldn't be built in that specific style Mm -hmm. or something. Most of them, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them are historical at this point, but yeah. still. Next oh, yeah, yeah. The founder of Gossip Cop is the host of Live PD. He also used to date Renee Zellweger. Crunch, crunch. So Danny shout Adams. out to Karina Longworth, who also tweeted this at us. Back in the day when Gossip Cop launched, it launched alongside Mediaite. Remember that site? I don't even know if it I still exists. I hate that word. I hate Mediaite. that word. Didn't they publish... They published yeah. the Matt Lauer op-ed this Media year. Media-ite? Media yeah, they're terrible. Ite. So Dan Abrams, ite. Dan Abrams, who was an MSNBC personality, I'm not sure if he's... Again, I I honestly don't know if he still is. Uh, he he's was the founder. He's not on MSNBC still. No, no, no. He's not, right? No. So Dan Abrams created created a, like a bunch of sites that were like kind of blo- like media blogs, and Gossip Cop is, was one of them. Mediaite was one of them. Wasn't There was another one about- Oh, the Mary Sue? Yeah, he launched the Mary Sue Gossip Cop Geekosystem. Remember that site? I mean, I do. No. Wait, I don't remember Geekosystem. Stylite. Like, there was a bunch of these blogs. Ter- what a terrible naming structure. Ugh. Yeah. And the, um, the other thing that he- So he was a- he was a television guy. He was on television. He was like a talking head, essentially. He started his own media yeah. company. Um, he also hosted, among other things, Live PD for many years. 
until it was recently canceled. God Yikes. bless. Goodbye. One thing about him before he created a terrible show, he, you know, he got famous. He got famous just like Nancy Grace. Court TV and O.J. Simpson. He was a Court TV reporter. Mm-hmm. He was an OG Court TV reporter, just like Nancy Grace, and he got famous because of O.J. Simpson. And he also dated Renee Zellweger. <laughs> These photos. Also, did you see the byline on this? <laughs> no. Who's byline? <laughs> Richard Lawson. Oh, it's Richard. Renee Zellweger and Dan Abrams, wine lovers, and it's photos of. <gasps> well, thank you so Renee much, Renee Zellweger Richard. and Dan Abrams buying buying wine. <laughs> Next call. My favorite comment. My favorite comment is this. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I was just listening to today's episode during my workout, and I have to call about B. Simone. Okay, so two things really quickly. B. Simone, you should know, like, on Black Twitter, uh, B. Simone was already being, I hate to use the term dragged, but essentially dragged, because she was talking about how she's an entrepreneur, and she can only date entrepreneurs, and she doesn't want to date anyone who has a nine-to-five. Um, and so people then have found the book, and so it was like, oh, so this is how you're making it without, like, a 9 to 5? It just plagiarizing people, so that was really funny. And I just have to shout out the tweet that was, like, Vishimo is in real trouble. Um, her manager's name is Miss Skittles. Um, I feel like you really should have shared her manager's name on the pod. Okay, bye. I think this is the tweet that the caller is calling about. So it's a quote tweet of um, B. Simone's manager commenting on B. Simone's Instagram where she was sharing like the photos of her plagiarized book. <laughs> and the manager commented, definitely mistake, blah, blah, please check your DMs, blah, blah, trying to explain it away. She was saying that the, she blamed the design company. Like yes, She was like the design yeah, company stole the words or what? It's a very vague accusation, but I think that's strategic. She was like, we're suing the design firm for plagiarizing <laughs> yeah. on our behalf. Like, it's just not a, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, as the call, I think I don't know. If, I don't remember if it was this caller or another caller was saying that like B. Simone was tweeting for a long time, like up until three a.m. working on my book for a long time leading up to this book, <laughs> and so then everyone's like, "Wait a minute, what?" So she said this, she had weird hours. This person quote tweets that and says, "Your manager's named Miss Skittles. You're going to jail." <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay, there's got to be something interesting about Miss Skittles." And oh boy, God. howdy, is there something interesting about Miss Skittles? Miss Skittles. I watched this entire name. show. I watched the whole episode. I was like, "Oh, I was wrapped." The whole thing about this whole episode of Judge Faith, um, who's one of the daytime TV talk show judges. How many are there at this point? Because you got Judy, you got Faith, you got Joe, you got... Then you got the People's Court with what's-her-name. Who hosts the People's Court? Because the People's Court isn't called Judge What's-her-name. It's, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Marilyn Millian. There's more. There's Judy, Alex, Faith, Hatchet, Judy. Joe Brown, ha- Judge Karen, Hatchet, yes. Maria Lopez, Mathis. So many judges. The People's There's Court. so many judges. That was always my favorite thing. To, like I watched all the judge shows when I was you know, home during the Did summer you? when I was a kid. Yeah, I loved the judge shows. There weren't that many back then because we didn't have cable. We I could only watch them. You know about Sam Irby's uh, newsletter, right? Oh, of course I do. Okay, just saying. Yes. It's so good. Well, who's on Who's on Mathis today? Who's on Mathis today? Who's on Judge Mathis today? Um. Okay, so <laughs> you got to subscribe to that. Okay, here's what happens. So Skittles goes on Judge Faith and basically she's like, I'm an entrepreneur, like my business is my life. I hired this hairstylist in Atlanta. Her name is Billions Wimberly. Billions Wimberly, I went to her Instagram account. She's very successful, has a very successful hair business in Atlanta. And so 
she's like, I went to Billions to get my hair done. And I sent her, like, she bought the hair from somewhere and then had it, had her Story assistant. Story is so convoluted. It's, it's crazy. So she has the she has the hair sent to Billions in advance so that Billions can color it first before Skittles goes in to, like, get it all, like, put in her hair, right? So it's this complicated process. It's going to take a couple of hours, not even counting the coloring. And so her complaint is that she showed up for her appointment early in the morning. Right. Billions was late, which made her miss her flight, which made her miss her cruise, which made her miss this huge conference that she was going to go to. So And they had to cancel the event. So she's suing her for like the money that she would have made at the thing or like thousand dollars or something because it's like it's not only the wig it's the travel it's all of this okay but the point you're you're like you don't need to give a whole recap of the show long it goes on for 20 minutes no but the best part is that judge faith Faith catches her in a lie because she keeps saying that the hair is bad the hair was bad the hair was Mm -hmm. bad i took the hair but the hair was bad and the judge was like you not only went back to this woman to do your hair again but you also posted the hair on social media and were like i love this hair Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so miss skittles like lost the the judge faith case judge faith also discovers the lie and yeah. rules in favor of billions because judge faith is looking through all of skittles social media and she's <laughs> like okay when was this flight when was the hair appointment and she's like april 22nd shout out it's my birthday and then judge faith is like okay but i'm looking at your social media and you posted on your instagram that the event was canceled one week prior on april 14th and then skittles is like Oh, what? <laughs> She's what like, mean, I don't know. Judge? She she says, <laughs> I don't know what my about. social media person is doing. And she blames her assistant. Anyway, and so she says like, okay, so you should have known this. You're making this up. Uh, I'm ruling in favor of billions, $500 for defamation of character. And then this happens at the end, which is uh, like, so the, the, per- the icing on the cake of the story. At the end of the day, I do a lot of events. So sometimes dates and times can get very, very um, conflicted, especially with my assistant running my social media. I mean, I'm at the end of the day. I feel really good. It's about time that people get to hear what the stylist has to say other than what the clients say, because a lot of the time we're telling the truth. She should have sued whoever did her hair today. <laughs> so good. I hear it, I laugh. It's really funny. It really works because now Miss Skittles is like dealing with this plagiarism lawsuit or oh like whatever, God. these accusations. It's like the same scam. <laughs> she should have sued whoever did her hair today. Oh my God, that's so rude because I you have to set the scene. Skittles is right behind her. She's not yeah. saying this like in another room. <laughs> okay. Um, um. The point is, is that her manager, like, I'm going to blame Miss Skittles for the plagiarism. I'm blaming Miss Skittles for everything. Like, sorry. I'm not blaming I'm B. Simone. I'm blaming Miss Skittles. Like, Miss Skittles was like, you can write a book in a day. Just here. Here's some Pinterest. Here's some links. <laughs> well, Miss Skittles is also an author. She's written a book as well about oh, her. Oh, sure, sure, um, sure. I think it's like a fictionalized ver- like biography because she calls it a novel, but it's like all of her names. So I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure, but it's it's about her. Like, her story is very, like, she has these talking points because she's an inspirational speaker as well. Um, so it's like, I started my company with $300 in the bank and then I grew it to this big thing that it is today, blah, blah, blah. And then she started a fashion brand, whatever. Miss Skittles, very, very funny. Um, She's also a one man band. (laughs) She's also a one man band. Just like me and Charlie Poot. Yeah. She should have sued whoever did her hair today. Hey y'all. Um, I mean, Andrew Garfield is irrelevant. True. And I think a big part of that is because Emma Stone really eclipsed him. But I think... 
maybe not everyone, but like the majority of people, if they said, if people said, do you know who Andrew Garfield is? They would say yes. They would be able to know what his face looks like. And I think that they would, if you showed a picture of his face, they'd be like, oh, right, that's Andrew Garfield. So I guess maybe that's form, that means he's a former them, current who. But if the whole them who thing is about being known, I think everyone knows who Andrew Garfield is. So those are my two cents. Uh, good form, Bella Thorne. Black Lives Matter. That's what I, I said. I thought that was a, that was a good call. I'm, that's what I, I take I said. it back. But like, as you said, we wanted to say something controversial. We wanted to we wanted to rile people up, and we did. I mean, Andrew Garfield is irrelevant. <laughs> a great way of saying he's a them, but he's irrelevant. Right. Next but I but I also think that <laughs> saying that means like Andrew Garfield will be a who in like a matter of five years. Like it is, it's more like it. The trajectory is downward. Tr- you he's know? trending and, down. And, yeah, he's trending and only down. people who like cared about movies and entertainment in the past five years will know oh that's andrew God. garfield depending on what he does like that's what me quoting emma stone he's trending down <laughs> he's trending down lindsey bobby um lakeith stanfield is definitely a them my whole family knows who he is every generation he's been in every single movie of the past year that anybody cared about in my whole family Across the political spectrum, all white. <laughs> but yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, them. Black Lives Matter, French French. That's what I said too. I also argued for this. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, I guess I agree. I like the argument, but I guess what she said, which is interesting to me, because this was also part of my point, is like family. looking at the movie that the movies that he's been in. He's been in like a buzzy film every year for the past like five years like he's just he's like really is like in so many movies which is difficult good yeah. ones um, unlike some actors who choose bad movies like Kristen Stewart you know <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to like put in that Kristen Stewart but I've been thinking a lot about her because of the, the Princess Diana thing the Diana and I'm like thing. this woman cannot choose a good movie if her life depended on it you know that movie's Since... gonna be amazing that movie's gonna be amazing okay don't say amazing. that because now like what if it's bad <laughs> I'm just saying she did Seberg and JT Leroy and both were disappointing. So I'm so I'm not like I'm not putting all my eggs in this basket, even though I am hopeful. Next call. <laughs> hey, Weekly. Long time, long time. Comedian correspondent here. Uh, just providing another side comment on the Sesh Exeter and Jessica Mulroney drama. Something that I think is actually really interesting is that Jessica Mulroney isn't even a, like, quote-unquote, traditional influencer in the true sense of, like, she doesn't do Spawn at all. Her family is super, super wealthy on the Mulroney side because of the Prime Minister connections, but also on her family side, they own this giant shoe empire, so she doesn't need to do any Spawn. She has enough buttloads of money to last a lifetime, um, and her main thing is just all of the fashion stuff, the TV show, doing Kleinfeld's um, Good Morning America, so... She's not really even in any sort of competition with Sasha Exeter, who does the more traditional spawn stuff and mommy blogging and that whole type of thing. So I think that all goes even more towards the context of Jessica Mulroney is just being kind of an asshole and bullying Sasha Exeter for no reason. Not that being a competitor would be an excuse anyways, but it at least would have some sort of motive. Um, and also, nobody here really cares that she's friends with Megan Darko. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's not like we maybe wrongfully implied that there's some sort of competition between like getting spawn or whatever. But Jessica Mulroney doesn't even really do spawn. She literally like doesn't have to do that because she's so wealthy. So it's even 
more kind of shameful for her to be threatening to take this woman's spawn or like report her, like tell on her or whatever, when that's not even something that she goes for. Like it's not even in her realm. We also got this call, which I I think it's really short, but I'll play it. Hi, Lucree. Long time, long time. Just wanted to let you guys know that Canada hates the Mulroonies. Like, the Mulroonies fucking suck. The only people who like Mulroonies. And the PM, or the former PM, whatever, are conservative assholes. Um, we just tolerated him as a prime minister, and now we tolerate the family because we can get rid of them. Crunch, crunch. Bye, guys. Good to know. Canada hates the Mulroney. I was wondering that. I was like, what's his like PM legacy? Like, was he some sort of like amazing guy? Was he like a Trudeau or whatever? Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying Trudeau is amazing, but I'm like, remember when Trudeau had that run? Everyone was like, he's so hot. He's so great. Yes. Yes. Last uh, last call. Yeah. I'm going to skip this one about Amy Sherman Palladino. Also Please do. Hats, but I do want to play this because it's a funny, <laughs> it's a funny joke. It. This is a good gag and it's like five seconds long. Okay. Lady A should change her names to Chad, Charles, Hillary, and Dave. <laughs> Lady A's name is just their names. It's just Chad, Charles, Hillary, and and Dave. Chad. <laughs> they should change their fucking name Dave. to Chad. <laughs> I'm sorry, but but learning that Lady A's names spell out Chad is like <laughs> the icing on the cake. It's so good. It's so funny. They sound like a music that a guy named Chad would like. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now we can get into questions. First call. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, under the bed. your linens, sweeties. The lin- it's, time- it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know. you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I hate and middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go France. to Quebec. <laughs> but really, 
I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm gonna learn Spanish, I'm gonna do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak, you listen, you think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. What is going on with the chaotic energy that is Megan Fox and Brian Austin Green breaking up with each other and then Megan promptly dating Machine Gun Kelly and Brian Austin Green now dating Courtney Stodden. I What is happening? Can I please get off this ride, this simulation? It's not fun anymore. Crunch, crunch. I have very mixed emotions about this. You, you know, I mean, out of all people that Brian Austin Green would be spotted with just days after or weeks all after, people. they of all people, I would have of never, ever, ever, blondes. ever, ever guessed Courtney Stodden. Like, that would have been at the bottom of the bag in terms of names that I would have come out with. But all honestly, the they're weirdly perfect for each other. Like, pseudo, pseudo music inspired has-beens yeah. in a way, you know? Like, and also I feel like Courtney Brian is, Austin Green is pseudo music inspired. Yeah, well, he had like a brief music career because he did like sing in 90210 and had a moment. Which is also funny because then this, on the other side of the coin, Megan Fox and uh, Machine Gun Kelly also music brought them together in a way. The point is, is that it's a perfect who couple. You have to admit, mm -hmm. but I am a little, I'm a little skeptical because the rumors were that Brian Austin Green like basically kind of pressured Megan into not really having a career like that was kind of part of the drama of their relationship these are just rumors and I don't mm -hmm. want him to do that to Courtney Stodden who also has many projects I couldn't tell you one of them but but she always has projects you know we should also say who Courtney should we say who these oh, people are I mean Courtney I feel Stodden like obviously iconically married to that old guy Doug Hutchinson <laughs> the guy from Lost <laughs> married him when she was underage because she got approval from her parents then she divorced him called him an abuser uh and now she's an aspiring singer wants to act again but right now is like doing a lot of singing releasing a lot of music well we i mean like we did adult. a whole thing about her on our live show that's why i feel like i'm very familiar with courtney stodden because i did mm -hmm. that powerpoint presentation remember when she plays drums like in a thong looking back at the mm -hmm. camera she's incredible she's just incredible like I mean, 
the amount of different things that she's done. She she spoke to UFOs once. She she was on that Lifetime show with her mom where she just fought with her mom on camera. Uh, the, the, uh, the one the with the mother daughter experiment. <laughs> yes, Who with Heidi and show? her Heidi, Heidi from, yes, Heidi from the, the Hills and uh, Josie Canseco. Yeah, yeah. Courtney Salton has just lived many lives. She's a cat. You know, she's got many mm-hmm. lives. And this is the newest iteration of Courtney Stodden. I just, I don't know. As we said, we have to reiterate, they are not admitting to being in a relationship. No. They're just friends. They're, they're hanging out. And Lindsay, out. tell us how they're they met. They met online. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I assume through Instagram, maybe somebody slid into somebody's DMs. It just says via social media. They said they met via social media. It's so okay. weird at the this TMZ article about them. The last paragraph is, it helps, we're told, that they also share similar political views, the kind that makes them want to make a change that's bigger than themselves. But for now, it's platonic. But things could change. That's Hollywood, baby. I'm wondering what the political views, since they don't actually specify what they are, are. Also, like, that's Hollywood, baby. What is that paragraph even saying? <laughs> It's very strange. Sometimes TMZ gets way too caught up in their own like house style, which is like too conversational that you lose the thread. Well, it's like they share political views. We're not going to say what they are. And they're platonic, but they might get together. That's Hollywood, baby. It's like, that's not Hollywood, baby. That's yeah, just very... Yeah, for now, it's platonic, but things could change. That's Hollywood, baby. $5 footlongs are back. Charlie Poot did a song. What can we say? We're hungry. Be back later. It's like, what? Oh, my God. We didn't even say I'm hungies at the Charlie Poot segment. We didn't even hungies. refer to the oh, fact that he's known for being hungies. Now it makes sense because he's known for being hungies. He's You're hungies. right. So he, this whole time the hungies have been hungies for five dollar foot long. Okay, fine. Part two of this is that Brian Austin Green's ex Megan Fox is now officially b- lock and it's lips confirmed. with Machine Gun Kelly. They're not. This was not they're confirmed. They're lock and lips. They kissed. In they a car. kissed after going to a fucking bar in Los Angeles without masks. Without I don't masks. even want to get into it. Like that's so. I just. I what idiots. Uh, they kissed in the car after. So it's confirmed because we weren't confirmed. Ass. We were like, oh, she's in his music video, but it's not like confirmed that they're together. It, this is this kind of confirms that. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I was wondering if you could tell me uh, why Chris Delia. Is that how you say it? I don't know how to say his name. Why is he canceled now? I I know I knew I didn't like him before he got canceled, but now he's canceled. Um, and I don't really want to look up why he was canceled. Um, so if you could talk about that, that would be great. Thank you, Crunch Crunch. I don't really want to talk about this guy that long, to be honest, because no, I'm already like over it. it. But the only thing I knew, really knew about him, he kind of gives me a, a Dane Cook vibes and always mm-hmm. has. And the only thing I knew about him was, remember when the Justin Bieber roast got big headlines and he was on the roast? He was like the only kind of like unknown person on the roast. And it was because he was, quote unquote, Justin Bieber's favorite comic. And I remember mm-hmm. that being like a headline for him for a while. And then he kind of died like, out on that line for a long time. Right. And then I like didn't. And then I just never heard from him again. But he's he's a stand up who's been on a few different TV shows like Whitney. That was very short lived. Undateable. Wormy. Also short lived. Right. He's definitely a who. But he's been on so many of those like um I'm a grown man who's also a baby kind of shows, you know, like that's his whole vibe. Like 
I smell like poop and my apartment's a mess. Like, that's his whole thing. <laughs> I smell like poop. <laughs> nice. That's, that's nice. his whole thing. Whatever. So the point is that this is a guy that you could sense a mile away has like a like darkness. Like, it's just one of those things where... You're like, you're gross for some You're just like, I'm ignoring you because this is not my favorite type of comedy. And also, like, Mm -hmm. you freak me out. So basically what happened is this week or, like, literally a few days ago or yesterday, right? Like, this week, a few women were tweeting about him and how they had, when these women were underage, he had basically contacted them and was, like, trying to get photos trying to meet up and this not only yeah and then like literally as soon as one person said something i mean it was so many stories like this girl was threading them at she rates dogs i'm not sure why she rates dogs it's not just one woman saying yeah when i was because they're adults now but it's like yeah when i was 17 because most of this stuff happened like four or five years ago Mm -hmm. and they'll be like yeah when i was 17 when i was 16 when i was 14 chris delia was inappropriate with me and any number of ways it's like whether he was just creepy over text whether he actually invited like an underage girl to hang out after a show or ask for nudes or just wanted to make out like it's it's a whole range of really inappropriate behavior that's just like you can't even say like well he only did xyz it's like the very fact that they were underage makes any contact inappropriate and like that's the moral of the story it's really sad because it's like you can tell because of the age and the timing. It's like these girls were all the same age when he was doing this. And now they're all like old enough to realize that what was happening was like not very cool or right. And now they're all like, you know, speaking up. But it's just like there was clearly a period of his time where he was very much doing this in his life. Um, Mm -hmm. The other ironic thing that people are loving to bring up is that the last kind of TV appearance he did was he played a comedian on the show You, which is the serial killer Penn Badgley show that's on Netflix that everyone loves. And Mm -hmm. he played a like pedophile dude, like a dude who was like going after after teenagers and like spoiler alert gets murdered by right. he gets pushed on the stairs right <laughs> yeah. uh i gotta say though if you're gonna play that like wouldn't you just like double check to see if you're a fucking creep <laughs> not to be funny about it but like no but wouldn't you right. fucking triple check your shit like it's like he had messages everywhere there were dms there were facebook messages like i'm sure there were emails too like a text message just wouldn't you check this is i don't really want to talk about this guy for much longer i don't want to either (laughs) i i do want to talk about his apology because whenever we were talking about the apology yesterday you were like wait a minute that doesn't say anything and it's totally right so he released says i didn't do it but i did do it just read it he says I know I have said and done things that might have offended people during my career, but I have never knowingly pursued any underage woman at any point. All of my relationships have been both legal and consensual, and I have never met or exchanged any inappropriate photos with the people who have tweeted about me. That being said, I am really, truly sorry. I was a dumb guy who absolutely let myself get caught up in my lifestyle. That's my fault. I own it. I've been reflecting on this for some time now, and I promise I will continue to do better. So the first part of the apology is I never did wrong, and the second half of the apology is like, sorry for doing wrong. I'm going to do better. Right. Well, it's like the first part is here's legally i'm telling you i didn't do anything and then the second (laughs) part is but i was a fucking asshole and whatever i did do that was legal but was shitty i apologize for like Mm. that's what he's saying but it's like it's very much like either come for me in court or i'm just going to apologize for being kind of a dick 
you know, and hope people forget about this and hope that this we move yeah. on from this. This stuff is so murky. Like, that's the problem. It's like he yeah. knows that like some of the like who is going to comfort, you know, is anyone going to comfort him in court in, in that mm-hmm. way, which is the irony is like Danny Masterson, literally the same day this comes out, that Danny Masterson finally gets fucking arrested for like raping those girls. Like he that guy. And how fucking, long has he been? It's a been creep for years, uh, years, and years, and years. It's and years been years like years. 20 years. Or whatever. So yeah, you're right. That's what's happening here. So he's seeing if he can ride it out until people forget. Also, he's v- vague nepotism, Crystalia. Really? From who? From where? His father is a Hollywood person. He was a uh, director. What did he direct? God, he I directed don't... a lot of TV in the 80s and 90s, like a ton of TV in the 80s and 90s. Got it, got it, Doogie got it, got Hauser, it. Northern it's Exposure. And this guy's like from L.A. He's like a from L.A. The guy. The practice, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Okay, I cannot talk about his career anymore. Um, I yeah, refuse. Chris D'Elia, nepotism, beneficiary, and he sucks. Next call. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. So I was just scrolling through Twitter, and as we know, Chloe and Halle's album just dropped. And apparently there's drama around her and Diggy Simmons. I guess her co-star on Grownish they dated. Who knew? And now I guess he cheated. There's a baby mama involved. It's in the lyrics. Twitter's dragging him. Um, and I just couldn't really figure out everything that was going on. So can you guys let us know? Thanks. Crunch, crunch. So here's what happened. So Chloe and Hallie, which we can we can get into because I don't think we've ever talked about Chloe and Hallie at length We before. have. We have because one of them is going to be the 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 Little Mermaid, and we talked about it briefly. Well, we talked about Hallie Bailey. Yes, sorry. Um, not Chloe Bailey. Okay, but and not Chloe and Hallie as a group. Chloe was apparently dating this guy who was on Grownish with her, named Dickie Simmons. You mean like related to Simmons? Dickie is Run's son. Okay. Who is Russell's brother? Got it. Okay, so I watched Rev Run's show. So Dickie Simmons was was on Rev Run's reality show, the one that he ended every episode in the tub texting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. So yes. uh, Diggy was on that show, and then they were on Grownish together. Diggy and Chloe were on Grownish, and they were allegedly dating. But then they were like, no, we're not dating. But then it was like kind of clear that they were dating. There's a song on their new album, Ungodly Hour, which I haven't finished yet, but Lindsay's obsessed with. It's so good. And I can't even say that I've been like... Like I've heard Chloe and Hallie music and I really liked it and I knew their whole hype like they you know they're Beyonce's artist and they opened for them on tour. I saw them on tour and they were really great. I've seen them on award shows before and they're so talented. I just really didn't connect to any of their music like their original music as much, but this album it's like unbelievably good. So for me, I was excited to hear it. But in this song Busy Boy, there's a verse that I'm just going to play this song here. It's not a cock. So everyone was like, is this song about Dicky? And is she accusing Dicky of like having a secret relationship? Well, that's what that's what Twitter was saying, right? Twitter is obviously reading into this. And so they were like, are you still dating Diggy? Are you still dating? And Chloe said, yeah, single. 
So that's the extent of what she has said about this. Because Chloe and Hallie, when you look into them, like they're extreme. I mean, like they are truly Beyonce proteges in the fact that they keep their personal lives as close to the chest as possible. Like they (laughs) are not out here giving a ton of revealing interviews. They're doing a lot of photo shoots. They're making a ton of music. They're all about the work. They're They're on TV. They're acting like they're really they're kind of like everywhere. But I don't you don't know a ton about their lives. They're staying private because that's. That's the Beyonce move, right? Although Beyonce didn't do that when she was their age, right? Beyond that's why you always find those the old footage of Beyonce being much, much more talkative when she was in Destiny's Child, right? Right. And so they're doing the Beyonce thing, which is like privacy. They're speaking out, like they they spoke out about Black Lives Matter. They were very open about like political stuff, social stuff. Like, well, they're, they're doing activists. press for their album, so right now, so yes. clearly that is like the topic, and clearly they feel strongly about it. So it's yeah. But I think like when. When your mentor is Beyonce, like, you follow their lead. And it's honestly, like, the smartest lead. I mean, I feel like Beyonce would give them a phone call if they were not following her lead. Just saying. Exactly. You represent me. You are my artist. Because, like, wh- I'm sorry, but what other artist is Beyonce, has Beyonce put this much behind in terms of, like... Like, I, the Parkwood the Parkwood lineup is so funny. That's why I put it in here because it's like... What is it? Parkwood Entertainment, which is Beyonce's label, doesn't have many people signed to it. One of them is herself. <laughs> One is, of them is yes, Chloe Yes, it is Allen. Beyonce. Yes. There's Ingrid, uh, Ingrid Burley, who doesn't really release a lot of solo music, but writes a lot and works with Beyonce on a lot of stuff. So I feel so like, it's like Ingrid her is songwriter. essential to Beyonce. Right. Ingrid is her songwriter. A songwriter. It's, and it's signed to... Yeah. Is signed to Parkwood. Then there's Sophie Bream, who I'd never Beam, who I'd never heard of, but hasn't really released anything since 2016. Sophie Beam, and, uh-huh. which could mean anything. Like I don't know what these people are working on, but the other two women who are signed to Beyonce's album are nowhere near as famous as Chloe and Halle. And it's very clear that Beyonce is putting like her everything into them, and she has been for like five years. I mean, I think what Beyonce's everything includes obviously mentorship but just opening act like the like she wants to yeah. she wants opening acts that she's fully behind monetarily which is a very Beyonce thing too like mm-hmm. you know that's her it's like all the Beyonce show essentially so yeah. I think aside from like mentorship and the fact that every time anyone says Chloe and Hallie they're like Beyonce protégés which like bumps Beyonce them credit gives did them you credibility. see I put those Daily Mail things yeah it's the Daily Mail headlines most times Chloe and Hallie are mentioned in the Daily Mail they are literally referred to as Beyonce protégés yeah which Beyonce is protégés. what more could you want <laughs> like that's great what Their I album, didn't realize, though, is great. Their album is as like it's extremely good. Beyonce should be proud. <laughs> it's like their second full length album. They're probably going to get Grammy nominations for it. It's probably going to be really big, which is exactly what we expected five years ago when Beyonce was like, I signed these two girls who were 17 right. and 15 at the time to my label. Everyone was like, who are these girls? If Beyonce doesn't do this, so they must be special. And turns out, yeah. And she took the time and I think this is also a very Beyonce thing too to like she didn't immediately release like a humongous album with them like she slowly 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 like groomed (laughs) them made them better it's just so Beyonce when you think about it like everything is so calculated and slow and 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 thoughtful the thing though that I feel kind of a little bit bad about them for aside from obviously the Beyonce is like be working with Beyonce is an amazing opportunity I'm like every time these girls get interviewed they ask about Beyonce and what is there to know about Beyonce it's like she's extremely mysterious I'm sure what they know is like still very limited despite like being somewhat close with her and I just there's not a lot to say or like maybe they're just not allowed to say anything and I just find it very I bet it's very frustrating at this point because it's like yes Beyonce's the best we love her everybody loves her we love working with her without her we're nothing but that like every single time they have to you know 
deal with these questions. I'm yeah. like, it's just interesting. A couple more things. The two other Beyonce things. Are, everything about Chloe and Hallie is related to Beyonce, but like, come on. Well, that's kind of a bummer. So, yes. So yes, Hallie is going to be Little Mermaid and the new Little Mermaid. She's the younger one. Chloe's the older one. Chloe's the one who's dating Diggy or was dating Diggy, allegedly. There were two more Beyonce anecdotes that I wanted to talk about. The first one, which I did not know and is not on their Wikipedia, and I had to like find this out elsewhere. There are three things. They won the final season of Radio Disney's Next Big Thing, which is was kind of their big break, which is a really interesting big break because I didn't know this break existed. There was a Radio Disney audio-only reality show. Where audio only? Young, oh, like because it was it on was the radio. It was a radio show. It was like The Voice, but only radio. And they won the fifth season of that in 2012. That was their first big break because that Pretty Hurts cover that everyone says was their first big break didn't come until a year later. Their cover of Pretty Hurts that Beyonce kind of saw and like was like, ooh, I'm interested. And their first time on screen was in The Fighting Temptations. With Beyonce. Yeah, it literally stars Beyonce, Cuba Gooding Jr., Mike Epps, and Never Forget, Never Forget, Never Forget, Rue McClanahan. I have. Of course I have. Yeah. yeah. That has that iconic song, which I have to play here, which is amazing. That this song didn't get an Oscar nomination is a travesty. Let's play that song right here. I used to wake up some days and wish I stayed asleep. Because I went to bed on top of the world. Today the world's on top of me. Now everybody's got opinions. But then the last anecdote is from an interview with NPR that you have to read that's really good with Chloe and Hallie. And I love this line. And it says, it's the best humble brag. We love Beyonce so much and we value her opinions so very much. So whenever we get her feedback on something, it's very much appreciated, Hallie Bailey says. But for this album, they're talking about Ungodly Hour. We only heard positive things and that she loved it. So that made us really happy and feel proud. <laughs> so it's like they sent the album to Beyonce with for notes and Beyonce was like, it's good. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> I find that hard to believe, but sure. Like she's so meticulous. She didn't have any notes. Get out of here. Come on. She's like, okay. Okay, next call. <laughs> Ungodly Hour is streaming now on Spotify and wherever you get your music. It's so good. No, it's so good. I like, it's really good. Go listen to it. Hey, guys. Long time, long time. I was just watching TV and saw a commercial where apparently Bryce Dallas Howard has made a documentary about dads for Dove Soap. What? Crunch, crunch. So much like being mentored by Beyonce, being mentored by Ron Howard is an incredibly special experience. Clearly something that uh, affects your entire worldview since like you're like, I'm going to make a documentary about dads or something. Isn't it Spawn also? It's Spawn, right? If, well, the weird thing is it competed in film festivals. Like it competed at TIFF last year. I mean, there's no rules against place. Dove It won being... second place in the documentary competition to that movie about that. Um, that really amazing. Did you watch The Cave? We got screeners yeah, of it. It's yeah, amazing. Yes. But it's about like like a, literally a Syrian war hospital that's in a cave. And, and it came in second place to that. But if you go to dove.com slash CA slash EN slash men care slash paternity leave resources slash dads, a documentary on fatherhood and paternity leave dot HTML, you will see that Dove plus men care partnered with Ron Howard and Bryce Dallas Howard to create dads a feature length documentary exploring modern fatherhood. I mean, it must not be direct spawn, but it's definitely if they're funding it, like they're they definitely... could have fun- they could have funded it after the fact as well. You know, like we don't know when they got involved. Right, 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 right. Isn't it like it's on Apple? It's like an Apple Plus exclusive too, right? Bryce Dallas Howard was like, I want to make a movie about how dads know. are important, which is such a strange impulse. 
but I guess if your father is Ron Howard and you were a child who grew up in the world of celebrity, you think all these things are fascinating. But that's what's the funniest thing. Dads are cool and important, but the point is is that <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard clearly has daddy issues, and I don't mean like necessarily negative. It, she has like issue, like like her daddy <laughs> is important. Like that's who we if always talk was, about when we talk if about her. Dad was Opie Griffith. Yeah, you would have daddy issues, right? So she yes. has daddy issues, and this issue is turning into her making a documentary about dads, which is a Courtney Stodden song. It is. It is. So is asphalt. I got that, 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 that. It's about normal fathers, but it's also about famous fathers because she called in her favors as the child of a celebrity because it's like interviews with, I'm quoting the synopsis, interviews with Judd Apatow, Jimmy Fallon, Neil Patrick Harris, Ken Jong, Jimmy Kimmel, Sam Minaj, Conan O'Brien, Patton Oswalt, Will yeah. Smith, and Keenan Thompson, plus just rando normal. Can you dads. imagine Jada on the phone, picking up the phone, be like, Will, uh, Opie's daughter's Will. on the phone. <laughs> And he'd be like, oh, cool. (laughs) Opie? Because in the trailer, he's like very like he's being extremely energetic in the trailer. Like Will Smith seems like very down to talk about fatherhood. We had a thousand page manual for a television and they sent you home with a baby and nothing. That's the other thing. It's like it's a topic that they want to talk. You know, you you come to. They want to be seen as a good dad. Right. Like it's a topic they want. You know, it was a really good documentary about dads. Sorry, I'm just talking about. No, I'm just talking on my ass. But there's like, another documentary there's about a, dads. There's a really good documentary about dads called The F Word, meaning father. And it's about all these former punks, like father of mind punk, like what's his face. And it's all about them, like going from being like anarchists and nihilists to like dads with like emotions. Wait, sorry, look this up. Father of mine guy, the Everclear guy? Yeah. Father of mine. Anyways, it's about the other F word. (laughs) It's called the other F word. It's a documentary about fatherhood and it's about aging punk stars and kind of like their journey into adulthood. Anyway, it's it's very good. It's like Mark Hoppus is in it, the guy from No Effects, Tony Hawk. Like it's those it's those guys. That's a more interesting angle. So it's about people who like made their career dumping on their fathers. Yes. Learning to appreciate yeah, fatherhood. Like having kids and being like, oh being God. like, I'm gonna be a better dad than my dad ever was. Yeah. And but okay. also how That's like complicated that promise is. Like how complicated that can be. Yeah. That's a much better concept than Bryce Dallas Howard being like dads <laughs> that's what i'm saying i remember watching it it came out She's in 2011 so and i don't know if it's streaming but go check it out maybe instead of this one which i'm not planning to watch this sorry like i have no interest in watching no this. i'm not planning on watching it either i just wanted to point out that it exists because this call is like this call is like why is this happening and the answer is because like bryce dallas howard is like lame but the only reason they're seeing that it's happening is because dove is promoting it through ads like dove is the one putting marketing money behind this documentary also don't forget at Father's Day is next week, so this is very calculated. This is like this is why it's very, coming out now. Very. This is a Father's Day experience. Very. It will spike. It will spike on Apple TV Plus on Father's Day, and then never again. Maybe next Father's Day. Very. I will not personally watch this. No offense, but I do appreciate that Bryce Dallas Howard is out here posting on our Facebook to not watch The Help, which has been being served to on people to people on Netflix nonstop via like the evil algorithm, and she's saying like, okay, don't watch that. I know I'm in it. 
but don't yes. watch so that. she was like i know i'm the racist lead in the help <laughs> and i'm the villain but don't watch i i did it because she came out with that really quickly everyone was like the help is trending and everyone was like the help is canceled and she was like hi everyone this is me bryce dallas howard the help is in fact canceled these are the powerful essential masterful films that center black live stories creators and or performers well we can all agree we're not watching dads <laughs> Or the help. <laughs> yeah, or the help. I've seen it, but I'm not watching it again. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't need to unfortunately, watch it. Unfortunately, I've seen it. <laughs> Even Viola Davis was like, I shouldn't have been in the help. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I shouldn't have been in it. Bye. Let's play a quick game of Who Are Them really quickly. Okay. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when I bring in some beautiful flowers that are blooming, I want to smell them, not the litter box. And I can, thanks to Pretty Litter. I'm going to correct this ad because... I didn't bring any flowers in, but you know what I did cook yesterday? A big pot of beans. It smelled delicious in my apartment. It smelled like all the yummy stuff I was cooking, and it didn't smell like cat poo-poo or cat pee-pee because I used pretty litter. You're saying springtime vibes are in the air, and when I cook a big pot of beans, <laughs> I'd rather I want to smell beans. them, yes. not the litter box. I'd rather okay, smell beans great. than flour. I'm trying to personalize I don't think it. Pretty Litter would mind you correcting their intro with your own personal endorsement, which is yes. that you want to smell your beans. Yes. Delicious, fragrant beans with bay leaves and garlic and onion. This is all to say that nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odor. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, it's low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. So I know that when people come over to my apartment, they're going to be smelling whatever I'm cooking, whatever's in the air, you know, like whatever candle I lit, they're not going to smell what's in the litter box because it soaks it all up. Plus, the crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illness in my cat, like UTIs, kidney issues, and more. So when the colors change, you can tell your vet what happened so they know what to look for. And if that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to my door. I never run out. I don't have kitty litter bags taking up a lot of space in my little apartment. Go to prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash who to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. Prettylitter.com slash who. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, hey, Who Weekly. This is uh, Alex from a long time, long time. Um, I was just listening to Lois Griffin singing Rain On Me or someone on Twitter just doing an impersonation of that. And then notice that there's a big trend of Lois Griffin covering songs, which are very funny, which I definitely think you should check out. And that made me think of, is Family Guy still a them? Um, just wondering. Um, so, uh, yeah, crunch, crunch. Uh, good form, bella form. Is Family Guy a them? That's the main question, but that's yes. an easy. One, two, three. Them, yes. yeah, it's a them, them, whatever. Family Guy sucks. The point is, I didn't know about these Lois Griffin memes. Just listen to this, please, Lindsay, because I want to just... Well, I, I think people like to, to sexualize Lois Griffin on the internet. I <laughs> they just... like to sexualize famous cartoon mothers. Yes, yeah, they love doing true. that. They like that's doing it true. to But I will well. say Lois gets it more than like Marge, if we're talking yeah. about like cartoon... Okay, yeah. go ahead. Listen to this. I didn't ask for a free ride. I only asked you to show me a real good time. I didn't ask for the rainfall. I hate this so much. And then there's, and then I was like, what else? Isn't is there? it Alex Bornstein? Was... It's Alex Bornstein, and she's doing like a yes. Rhode Island accent too. Like that's then the Family this. Guy accent, yeah. Got milk, bitch. Got beef. Got steak hoe, got cheese, gray a-hole. Is this just like a random person doing impressions? It's a random person doing Lois Griffin memes. I did not okay, know that this it. was a thing, but apparently it's a got thing. It. Lois Griffin, though, I think also with them. Ugh, I hate, I hate. <laughs> okay. Um, 
What's thanks? Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, long time, long time. Uh, so in the world of sound, is THX a who or a them? All right, thanks. Crunch, crunch. Good form, Bella Thorne. <laughs> You're asking if thinks is... THX, who were them? It's like, One. like, wait, wait. You can't just... I, this doesn't clear up. Like, thanks, bye. Like that? Like no, saying thanks. In the world thinks. of sound. Listen, oh, you're talking about then. like when you're in a movie theater and it's like, ooh, brought to you by <laughs> yes, THX. This. Oh, fuck. I thought we were talking about like thanks as like abbreviate. This show is like a toilet. Like, <laughs> how did I think it was like the sound <laughs> thanks? You kept going thanks as the call I was playing. Okay, no, it's THX as in the George Lucas created sound. Okay, but in what system. context? Like in the it, world it, of sound? Said, the person said in the world of sound is I hate THX this. who are them? Okay, fine. One, two, three, them. them. Yeah, because you have to hear it every fucking time they use it. You have to I mean, hear that sound. I don't think they've even played it in the movies in a long, long time. But, but Bobby is is thinks the like abbreviation thinks. for thanks a who were them. Thinks. thinks. <laughs> Is that a cool word? No, that's them? a them. Okay. Thanks. 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 <laughs> what I hate is K thinks bye. That that's dated. That's old. Okay, that's old. No one does that anymore. Thanks, with I love. Period. Thanks. Are you a? Do you ever do KK? Or do you okay? I, I do KK sometimes. But a lot of people think that it's like childish. KK. It's like what does that mean? Okay. Well, because no, it's because K one K seems very serious, like you're mad at them, okay. and then K K is, is like rude. cute. K is Kurt. Hey, who weekly? Uh, long time, long time. My boyfriend and I were just talking about the movie Like Mike, which he had never heard of, and which was very formative to my childhood movie going, whatever. Um, yeah. So, question is, Bow Wow, who or them? Also, completely forgot this movie has Eugene Levy in it, so that's fun. Um, anyway, yeah, Like Mike, 2002 classic, uh, Crunch Crunch, bye. Yeah, Like Mike made a lot of money. Like Mike was a big deal. I remember It was a, a huge I, hit. Yeah, we were teens. We were probably a little aged out of Like Mike and Lil Bow Wow, who them? One, two, three, them. I think them, but, well, Shad Moss, Lil Bow Wow's real name. Yeah. Lil Bow Wow's a grown up now, a man, yeah. a true a man, and has been in many things. We've talked about Chad Moss before, CSI Cyber. Mm. CSI Cyber, yeah. <laughs> My favorite Chad Moss. Uh... CSI Cyber. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Lil Bow Wow is definitely a them, so is Chad Moss. But is Chad Moss a them? I think so. I don't think people know Chad, his real name. I think Bow Wow, maybe without the Lil. So okay. He still goes by okay, Bow Wow yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Shad Moss, as Shad Moss, like as an adult, he sort of became whoier. Is the uh, is what we're saying here? Kind. Well, but he so goes by. He still goes by Bow Wow because when he was on Mass Singer, didn't he go by Bow Wow? Yeah, but not and not everyone knows Bow Wow's real name unless you like if know. If you call him Bow Wow, he's a them. If you call him Shad Moss, he's a who. How's that? <laughs> In 2011, he released a documentary called Who is Shad Moss? So clearly he's also trying to break through the Bow Wow name, even though maybe he's kind of uh, just like agreed to sit in it because he knows yeah. like that's his thing. He came in third pl- He came in third place on Didn't Mass Didn't he fake those photos at one time to make it look like he was on a private jet, but it wasn't him? Yes. 
they were just like stock photos from a private jet website maybe he's a who because we've talked about him so much like he really does come up shad moss who do you know that bow wow the shad moss bow wow challenge has its own wikipedia entry about when he did that in 2017 a new photo challenge went viral over social media called the bow wow challenge it all started from a bow wow post supposedly portraying his private jet travel lifestyle turned out to be fake since the photo used was technically taken from an um, miami vib transportation website and was actually stock photography That was a good meme. That was funny. People were like sharing stock photos, being like, "This is my house, and it's like a mansion." Okay, it <laughs> was so mean, but it was funny. But yeah, I th- funny. I think Bow Wow them, who okay. we behavior, them. We yes, know who yes. Bow is. Bow was a big deal. Yes. Shad Moss who? Is that fine? Do we agree on that? Sure, sure. Yeah, Shad Moss um, Bow Wow them. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Long time, long time. I just wanted to know SEO. You all have said it more in this episode than I think ever. Which is totally fine, but I just want to know who are them. Um, uh, thanks. Good form, Bella Thorn. Chewing food. <laughs> Any self-respecting millennial knows what SEO is. We love to say SEO. We do. We love it. SEO, who are them? One, two, three, them. Them. Yeah, the them of search internet. engine optimization. Yeah, no, it's important to know your search engine optimization. You got to know what the Google juice for any successful internet venture. Well, it's just like we were talking about with Steven last night. Where what? like the the bands that became famous right before, oh. you know, social media who never mastered was, the internet. That was such a fascinating Steven combo. His point was, was and typical, let me share this with you, typical, was that he was thinking about all of the bands that got really big like 2006, uh, right before social media so that now when you go to their social media it's very sad because they didn't have the the they were hit their peak fame pre-instagram so like for them to get like a lot of instagram followers it's very hard therefore it's hard to do marketing for them in present day he'll be like you look at the lead singers of these big bands that were like that made it big in like the late aughts he, he mentioned the hives he'll be like they'll have like thirty thousand followers and it's like it's it's embarrassing. They should they should be better on the internet. It's like it was, it was an interesting conversation. It's an interesting Thanks, conversation. Shout it's an interesting Steven. conversation, right? Because like if your favorite band, if you love that one Justice song back in whenever, you weren't going to follow them on Instagram because Instagram didn't exist. Would you go follow them now? I don't know. I didn't think of it. I still like the song. Okay, last who were them? Oscar winner Marissa Tomei. Who are them? Crunch crunch. Bobby can't answer this. He's too personally connected. I'm too personally connected. It's too, he's too close. So her, I will she, answer her, it. Her, her her words are forever permanently tattooed on my body. So I I have okay. I have to step out of this conversation. So, so I will answer it. it. One two three. Them. Okay. I tr- that's what I would have said, but as you know, I'm. Well, I know, but I still think you're biased. I still. I'm a little biased. I'm on. I can. I can say. You don't have a Marissa Tomei line tattooed on your body is what no, you're No, so okay. I can say objectively she's a them, although I know you agree with me, you still cannot vote because you're biased. Yeah, I cannot vote. I cannot vote. Um, I must step this one out. What was the, the headline that kept making... The headlines that were like, Marissa Tomei says she really regrets starting to take mom roles. She said she fears being typecast because now mm. she plays moms all the time. Right. But it's like the interview in which she said that was for a movie in which she plays a mom because she plays Pete Davidson's mom in The King of Staten Island. And she said, I really regret starting down this road and I really regret starting to do that. I was talked into it. Not this movie, but I mean just the change. And I always felt like, oh, I could play a lot of things. Honestly, it's probably more of a stretch than other things. I guess I said it all. It sucks. 
it sucks, but good for her for for speaking out. Yeah, because like she's allowed to take the role, but also have an issue with that and kind of honestly speak on it. She just did that Broadway show that nobody liked, but was a, a kind of a big thing. She was the star, right? Well, yeah. Now you kind of understand the impulse for that, you know, because it's like, oh, God. I'm being the mom or the aunt and everything now. I got to do something else. I need to get else. back to this. Of course, yeah. I understand it. Right. Especially you know what if she she's needs? going out. What? What she needs is the sexy need? erotic thriller. Sexy erotic She needs the sexy thriller. erotic thriller. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. She can be a, a mom, but oh, do a murder. Needs, and she needs a sexy erotic queer thriller, honestly. She needs to like, she needs to fuck a lady and an erotic thriller and also be okay. wanted for murder. Absolutely. Oh, call her, call her That's what we want. That. But then she's also, you know, her charming, funny Marissa Tomei self sometimes. But you know what the like, thing is like, while I'm not going to be watching The King of Staten Island anytime soon, I'm sure she's really <laughs> fucking good in it. Well, I think that's what that's what uh, Richard's review said. It was like the movie should have been about her. <laughs> like Ugh, she's well, the most interesting I mean, person that, in this movie. I mean, isn't that the case for like every fucking movie uh, like yeah. that? Yeah. Anyways, all right. Um. Okay, we're done for the day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There. Uh, double Richard mention in this episode. Uh, double Richard. Oh, congrats, to Richard. <laughs> and one, only one mention of Stephen. Sorry, Stephen. Two Richards, one Stephen. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, support us for bi-weekly bonus episodes, uh, twice weekly, excuse me, bonus episodes on patreon.com slash weekly. Bi-weekly is confusing. Yeah, bi-weekly is the confusing word. It's twice word. weekly, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we're starting to put more like links and stuff in the show notes. So keep checking that stuff for like, you know, supplemental information. And also we'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye. 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 Wow, it's me, the Aaron Eckhart caller. After I hung up, I literally just like clicked on his Wikipedia page instead of just looking at his Google credits that are listed. And I realized the reason why I know him is because he was in conversations with other women, co-starring with Helena Bonham Carter. And the reason I know this and uh, should remember him is that from like grades 10 to <laughs> Early 12, if we're being real, I ran a Helena Bonham Carter fan tumbler. Clearly, I didn't pay enough attention to the men in her film. Literally, just ignore these. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Bye, guys. This call is specifically for Bobby. I am in Texas. Bobby, I need you to come get your people because H-E-B is not requiring masks. And now all these people are mouth-breathing over my raspberries. So tell H-E-B to get their shit together. I'm too exhausted for a sign-off. Me not an H-E-B. Bye.